It's almost Christmas, the lakes are freezing, and it's snowing outside. What does that mean? It's time to do some late season maintenance on the boat and put her to bed for winter. And we're going to talk about that on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast brought to you as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at sportsmans.com or any one of 140 plus stores nationwide. It's the Christmas season. It's a perfect time to swing into Sportsman's and see what they have for the outdoorsman on your list. Anything from outdoor cooking and camping all the way to hunting and fishing and firearms and optics and the whole nine yards. Check those guys out. They're the reason we are able to bring you a podcast and a TV show and everything else. Guys, season is winding down quickly around here. I'm looking out the window here in Colorado where I'm sitting. It's snowing right now. It's supposed to snow several inches overnight. Uh, There's rim ice on a lot of the lakes. The high mountain lakes are already frozen. People are fishing on them. And basically, it's time to put the boat away, whether you like it or not. And I'm not generally a fan of putting the boat away, but to be honest, I could always use a break from it. I spend a lot of time in the boat every year, and uh, it never breaks my heart to put it away. And uh, But I'm very careful about how I put the boats away, and I think you guys should be as well. And so I stopped in and talked to the fine folks at Crowley Marine Boats in Denver, uh, they, of course, provided all of the boats uh, for the last, oh, I guess, since 2009 or eight for me, and uh, been with Ranger Boats for many, many years, and went to Ranger Boat School, met with the engineers down there, test-driven all the different boats, and more importantly, talked to them about what we need to do for the wintertime. So between the fine folks at Crowley Marine and Ranger Boats specifically, we've got a few tips for you now. I want to be clear, not all boats are the same. So what I'm going to throw out there are some guidelines. And furthermore, I'm going to take it a step farther and throw out a couple things you might consider for your tow rig as well. Uh, And there again, not all of them are the same. So everything I say will not necessarily apply to you. And some of the things, if you live in a warmer area, uh, may not apply at all. So uh, we'll just start working our way through the boat and the various things that I do when I'm gonna put the boat away for the season. And, and for me, the first thing that happens every time is I take everything out of the boat. And that sounds kind of dumb, really. Like, why? All that tackle doesn't need to come out of the boat. And you're right, it doesn't. It could winter in there and it probably wouldn't hurt anything. But in my case, uh, I wanna go through the tackle. And that's a whole nother story. That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different beast. Uh, but I will go through all of my tackle in the wintertime, and I mean go through it. Like, I will check every single box that has, say, hard baits in it and make sure the hooks and split rings are good, that I don't have any rusted hooks or bent hooks or missing split rings or broken bills or any other things like that. Uh, I'll go through all the rods and reels. I'll clean up the reels. We'll clean the guides on the rods, maybe clean the corks. A lot of stuff I go through. So, to get all that stuff out of the boat just makes it easier. Bring all of it in the shop where it's easier for me to get all of it at once and uh, and clean it up. So the first thing I do is move everything out of the boat. And when I say everything, I literally mean everything. I take everything from the safety gear, the toolkit, the first aid kits, everything that's in the boat comes out and all of it goes in the shop uh, independently where it can be inspected. So for me, a couple of things that, that 
might be counterintuitive for being inspected would be things like your your PFDs and throwables, things like that. I've seen people get tickets. My camera guy even got a ticket for having a seam that was blown out on a throwable cushion. Therefore, they rendered or decided that it was rendered useless and they gave them a ticket for it. So uh, make sure that they're all in good condition. Most of us don't even look at that stuff. It stays in the boat all the time. We don't even look at it. And then you find out that it's got rot on it or something like that from being in the boat. So the other reason for getting everything out of the boat is I want to leave all the compartments open in the boat and let everything dry out if in the event that there's any moisture in there. And my Ranger boats come with a, an active fan system through them, so they stay pretty dry for the most part uh, because they'll vent themselves. If you turn it on and let the fan blow through all the compartments, they'll vent themselves, which is fine. But you really need to make sure everything in there is dry, particularly in the bilge area and all that. We should be doing that anyway because of aquatic nuisance species stuff but make sure everything in your bilge compartment is dry. So once the boat's empty, it's easier to assess the whole thing for damage. And incidentally, I wanna back up a quick step. The reason I do this so thoroughly now uh, with some of the stuff I'm gonna talk about is because I have time to fix it. If you're going to get work done on your boat, you wanna do it now. You don't wanna wait until the first nice days in March and you get a nice sunny day and you're oh geez, well I better go work on the boat. Well then your boat dealership is way more focused on selling new boats and setting up new boats. Keep in mind, they're gonna spend all of January and February and maybe March working boat shows and consumer shows, things like that. All the manufacturers are gonna offer all their spring specials and the boat dealerships are gonna be very busy selling boats, which means they have to set up those boats for sale. They're installing electronics, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Not to mention their techs are already busy with the other people that procrastinated. So if there's any chance you need any service work done on your boat, you're better to do it now. Right now, they're through a lot of the winterizations. Um, that you know, people that have say maybe an outboard boat, which I doubt very many of you have, or excuse me, an uh, inboard boat. I apologize, an inboard boat. Most angling boats, most fishing boats are out outboard boats. Um, but if you don't, if you have an inboard, you're probably familiar with already having that winterized. And I've never owned an inboard boat, so I'm not going to speak to that much. But the outboards, uh, anybody that needs winterization should have that done at this point. So now that they have some time to work on boats, if you want to get it done, this is the time to do it. So when you get everything out of the boat and let everything dry out, it gives you a chance to inspect everything and make sure everything appears to be okay uh, with your boat. If you need service, now's the time to get it done. A couple of the service items might be what, what would be considered maintenance items, and I would for sure schedule that in right now. And in fact, what, what inspired me to do this particular podcast right now is I just took my own boat down to Crowley Marine Boats in Denver and dropped it off so they can do the, the fall service on it. So uh, what does that look like? If we're, and again, we're going to assume you have an outboard, and it doesn't matter if you have a new outboard or an old outboard. I'm gonna change the uh, lower unit oil for sure uh, at this time of year, no matter what, so that it doesn't sit over winter with potentially fouled oil in the lower unit. That's how you get corrosion, that's how you get rust on gear surfaces, things like that. So if there's any chance that I put any hours on the boat at all, then and in my case, I put a lot of hours on a boat in a year, I'm changing that lower unit oil. If I put 15 hours on my boat, I would change it. It's simple enough to do, it's inexpensive enough to do. Change the oil in the lower unit and start with fresh oil. That way when you start in spring, your boat's ready to go. 
Another thing I would consider doing as part of my annual fall maintenance thing would be a water pump. In a lot of boats, guys will wait until it doesn't pee water in the spring, and that's just not a good strategy. So if water pump to me is a maintenance item, uh, it's one of the easiest things to fail on an outboard, particularly if you run around in shallow water very much. Uh, you're going to draw debris into it, grit, sand, and silt, and all that, and, uh, and you'll wear out your water pump. So a water pump is something else that I would consider uh, doing just as a matter of maintenance, not waiting for it to no longer pee water or make water pressure and then leave me stranded. Uh, another thing I would consider if you have a four-stroke outboard and a modern boat is go ahead and do your oil change and service with that. And again, that's so you're ready in spring. And no two outboards have the same service intervals and all that, so that depends on your specific boat. But I would, uh, I would consider getting all of that service done on the boat itself as well. So those things are typically going to be dealer-scheduled things. Lower unit oil is pretty easy, but a lot of that's going to be... Um, uh, dealer scheduled stuff. Another thing may be to have your steering system bled. Uh, you may have picked up some slop in your steering over the season. The, this is now it's time to get that fixed as well. Along those same lines, I would check my whole all my batteries and make sure that they're ready to go going into winter. Now you got this is a little bit more of a gray area because depending on your system and your batteries and what type of batteries and all that, uh, there's no one answer for everything. But if you have lead acid batteries in your boat, in other words, a standard non-lithium batteries that have been in boats forever that have um, openings that you can check. They have little, the little plugs at the top that you can pop off, check them for water. I would charge my batteries all the way up. Very important that you charge them all the way up first. Then pop the caps off, and if any of them are low, fill them with distilled water, making sure that you don't slosh that distilled water from the outside of the battery into the battery and therefore get contaminants in there. But top them off once they're fully charged, with distilled water and then put the caps back on, put them back on the charger and let the whatever parts of the, of the lead plates that are in there that were exposed to air uh, hopefully recover themselves. But you definitely want to do that before you're going to winter. Now, if you have lithium ion batteries, you're going to have to plug and unplug your charger ever so often because the charger will time out. When it detects no need for battery over time for battery charging, it will time itself out. It will no longer keep track of your battery. So you better read the owner's manual probably on your battery charger about that. But if you have lead acid batteries, traditional lead acid batteries, I would keep those on the charger for several hours every month, no matter what. If, if I can, and if it's not an issue for me, I'd pull them out of the boat, bring them in the garage, and, and leave them in there, put them back in the boat in the spring. The other possibility is just disconnect them and leave them in the boat uh, as well. Just depends on what your charging situation is. If you have an onboard charger, I would leave them connected, and then I would charge them ever so often over the course of the winter. I'm not a huge fan of leaving them plugged in all the time, but I am a fan of charging them up at least once every couple of weeks uh, and leaving them on for a couple hours and letting them uh, get topped off and get warm. Uh, be a really good thing for your battery. So that's an important thing as well. Uh, along those same lines, while I'm working in the boat, I would turn off all the breakers in the boat and that gives you less chance of battery drop anywhere. Unless you're gonna uninstall the batteries, uh, turn off all the breakers, any breakers you may have, any resettable breakers. Uh, same thing with the trolling motor. If it's, got a, if it's got a breaker for it, shut it off. If it doesn't have a breaker and you can unplug it, I'd unplug it. Uh, and again, if, if I'm not able to disconnect the batteries, I would at least do those things to protect the boat. 
along those other lines with the boat, while I've got everything out of it and I've checked the batteries and I'm, I'm doing everything, I would check for any sort of wear and tear on wiring, loose wiring, bundles that have, that have broken loose where zip ties have finally failed, anything along those lines. Just give it a good visual once over of everything that I can find in the boat. I always do that this time of year. While I'm in the boat, I will keep all of the most common sizes of screwdrivers, wrenches, whatever the case might be for your specific boat, and I will go through and I'll snug everything up. And I don't know why, but boats and motorcycles both. I'm a big motorcycle guy as well. Boats and motorcycles have a nasty habit of vibrating things loose. I can drive around in my Toyota Tundra for 100,000 miles and nothing will come loose. But for whatever reason, the motorcycle or the boat will vibrate things and they'll come loose. So I will run around and snug everything up, make sure everything's snug and tight, and uh, all of them, the lid latches, the, the brackets that hold the trolling motor on, everything. I'll just go through everything, all the nuts and bolts on the boat that I can get to and snug everything up. Then I'll get out of the boat and I'll get serious about it because then I'm going to retorque the jack plate bolts or the engine mount bolts, whatever the case might be on your specific boat. Make sure those are fully torqued and everything is good there. Uh, if I have any uh, hydraulics extended, I'm going to make sure they're fully compressed so that the hydraulic tubes are not exposed all winter, uh, even if it's gonna be in a shop. And uh, along those same lines, I will trim the motor, tilt the motor, I should say, all the way down if it will clear on your trailer. Uh, you want to have no chance of there being any moisture, particularly if it's going to be outside getting caught in there. And if the motor's, say, up on a, on a transom saver and you leave it outside and you live somewhere where you get any sort of moisture, it will get caught in the prop and get down inside there. And now you've got water sitting up against the seal into your lower unit, and who knows what will freeze and break and cause you problems. So the, the best way to get all the motor, all the water out of the motor is to trim it all the way up and trim it all the way back down and then all the way up and all the way back down several times. And while you're doing that, um, it will get all the water to move out of the water jacket and all the way through the system and get out of there and make sure that the outboard is dry and then I would store it all the way down. Um, I think that's important to make sure that, again, no chance of getting water caught in there. And once I'm through that stage, then I'm pretty good with the boat itself. If I really want to get picky, I'll put a seat conditioner on the boat, something that will protect the vinyl from dry rotting can be really good. If you are got any oxidation on your boat, now's the time to do that before winter and, and buff the boat out, Get the maybe put a wax treatment on the fiberglass and then put it away for the winter that way. Then again, it's all just ready to go in spring. All you have to do is pull the cover off it or back it out of your garage, whatever you're doing, and then put all your tackle back in it and go. And then your tackle will also be ready to go in spring. So that can be really good. Another thing that I do with my boats in the wintertime is I make sure that the tires are fully inflated, understanding that they're going to lose uh, air pressure as it gets cold out, particularly if your boat's stored outside and something like that in a side yard. If it is stored outside also while I'm thinking about it, uh, I'm a big fan of putting mothballs in each of put a mothball or two in each compartment to help repel mice because mice and various bugs are definitely not good for your bug particular for your boat, particularly mice. Um, I've had significant problems with squirrels in a boat in the past, uh, as well as cars. So we don't want rodents in the boat. So that's a key thing. Uh, back to the tires real quick. Um, inflate the tires. If you can, and it's, and your boat's going to sit all winter, if it's going to like here in Colorado, it might sit five months without being, uh, pulled anywhere. 
I would consider putting it on jack stands, put the whole trailer on jack stands to take the load off the tire and the springs to set it on the trailer, uh, jack, jack stands under the trailer. And then the tires have no load on them all winter, keep them from dry rotting as well. But I want to go ahead and top them off with, with uh, air pressure so that they're full, understanding that if it gets really cold, they lose air pressure. So I will do that. And while I'm dealing with tires, obviously another possibility is going to be the uh, wheel bearings, whether they need to be serviced, replaced, uh, just greased in the condition they're in. Uh, if they haven't been dealt with and you tow the boat very much, maybe have them torqued and, and, uh, and re-greased professionally if you're not capable of doing it. In the case of my Ranger boats, they have oil bath hubs. Just make sure everything's uh, squared away with those as well. And, uh, and then you'll be good to go in spring. But doing all of that stuff now, particularly anything that has to be dealt with with a, with a boat dealership, is going to save you a lot of headaches uh, over the course of, of the springtime. And the springtime is when we're all giddy and we all want to go fishing. So we don't want to be having to deal with our boat at that point. And, uh, and that's uh, something that I've experienced personally. I've seen it a bajillion times. I live overlooking a boat ramp. I can't tell you how many times. I see people every spring, March and April, when we first start launching boats and they get to the boat ramp and the boat won't start or they're missing something they thought they had because they haven't looked in the boat until last spring uh, or last fall, I should say. So that's important. Um, obviously, you're going to pull the plug, plug out of the boat for the wintertime as well. I would grease that plug and uh, with a silicone grease to make sure that the plug itself will s slide smoothly in and out of there in the spring. And I would also make sure that it is not weather cracked or anything like that because that's not good for you. So do that. Now, Let's move on a little bit from the boat because I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Again, the biggest takeaway is if the dealership's going to have to do anything, get it scheduled now while they have time to do it. If you wait till boat show season uh, in January, February, March, it's going to be a problem. If you wait till the first couple nice days, it's for sure going to be a problem. So we're going to move on from that. Let's talk about the truck for a minute because the boat doesn't go anywhere without the truck. And so the truck's really important. Now, this may not apply to you, at which point I fully get it, but I am an all-around outdoorsman, so I spend a lot of my fall season running around on dirt roads, and my particular truck has put 5,000 miles on since September, almost all of it on dirt roads. I mean, yeah, I run from here to wherever I'm going, but I spent a full week without ever driving hardly on pavement here just recently, and so what that means is the truck itself uh, can also um, benefit from a little TLC this time of year because now I'm basically done with a whole bunch of the dirt road stuff. Uh, as we go through holidays and whatever, I'll spend more time on pavement again. So for me, the first thing that has to happen with the truck is the cabin filter and the air filter both have to be replaced. And that may not apply to you again if you're not spending a bunch of time on dirt roads. But what I found out is that my air filter gets really dirty really quick when you're running around on the dusty roads. And I live in the Western United States where we don't have mud as much as we have dust. In a lot of, a lot of scenarios, we have dust. Unless it's just straight up a super wet year, we have dust. And dust is really hard on, on your engine. It's hard on your breathability of your air filter. It makes your engine produce less horsepower and, and use more fuel, not to mention wear and tear. And my, my Tundra's got turbos on it as well. So we, we want to do everything we can do to make sure it gets plenty of clean air. So the air filter is a cheap way to do that. And in my experience, one hunting trip can foul an air filter significantly for me if it's a really dry trip. Uh, and this year, 
was really dry for five days to the point of super fine dust everywhere I went. Sure enough, air filter needs to be done. The cabin filter as well. If you want your heater to be nice and warm in the winter and your truck to not smell and not dry your eyes out and make you sneeze, replace the cabin filter as well. And those are two things a lot of people don't think about. Another thing going into winter that I always do for the truck is I put more air in the tire, same as the boat, because now my average temperature here in Colorado might be more like 25 to 35 degrees. Well, my PSI inside my tires is down a whole bunch, which means my tire wear is going to go up a whole bunch. So, uh, and my fuel economy is going to go down a whole bunch when your tires get low. So I'll check the tires religiously this time of year. And, and I check mine. I'm a tire guy anyway. I come from a motorcycle racing background, uh, cars as well. It's For me, tire pressure is a simple, simple thing. It's cheap to take care of, and it gets overlooked by so many people who then complain about tire wear. Uh, but it changes constantly. It is not a perfect system having air in a tire. So check the, the tire. Uh, very important that you do that. Uh, the other thing is make sure your antifreeze is, or not your antifreeze, excuse me, your windshield cleaner is the type that won't freeze because you may be driving where there's slush. You've got the summertime windshield cleaner in there. It's going to freeze. That's so going to cause you problems as well. So I don't do as much to the truck, but I do a couple of key things as far as that goes. And obviously, um, there's not as much to do with oil and things like that with the truck because that's more mileage related and it's not really so seasonal like it is in the boat. So we don't worry about that a whole bunch. The other thing I do like to do going into winter in the truck, though, is is I rain X the windshield uh, and the mirrors. And I rain X it a lot. Like I put a good coating of rain X on it and I'll do it on a regular basis. That helps it shed ice uh, very easily and also keeps your side mirrors shedding ice really well and just makes it generally a nicer vehicle running around if you deal with splashback and all that stuff. So I will do that in the, in starting in the fall and I'll do that consistently throughout the winter. And for the record, I'm kind of a fan of doing that in the summer as well. But if I was doing it for just one season, it would be in the winter to keep ice off of my stuff there. Um, and I do that. The other thing I do in the truck is I always I always leave an emergency toolkit and stuff in the truck. You never know. Toe strap and all that. Uh, all that stuff stays in the truck. What I add to it for winter is a big old snowsuit and I leave it in the truck along with a pair of insulated leather gloves and a stocking cap and a cheap pair of snow boots. And the reason that all stays in the truck is should I find myself in city clothes, but off in a ditch somewhere because of highway traffic or whatever the case might be, uh, snow got me, I'm prepared to just throw that on over whatever I'm wearing and deal with whatever situation I might be dealing with. And some people leave blankets and things like that in the truck. That's all great. Uh, no, I don't do any of that, but what I do do is have a big snowsuit, an old school, like walls blizzard proof snowsuit on uh, that I leave in the truck all bundled up, and then I can just put it on, and no matter what the scenario is, I can stay reasonably warm with that snowsuit on uh, and the stocking, stocking cap and whatever. It's a little bit of a safety issue. It's a little bit of a practicality issue. If nothing else, if I have to stop and dig somebody else out of the ditch because I happen to have a snow strap, a toe strap, and they're stuck in the snow, I can put the suit on, keep my clothes dry and clean, and, uh, and go about my business that way. So I do that with, in the truck, get, put a few extra things in the truck in the winter. Uh, but otherwise, not as much stuff. Just make sure the tires have enough air for the cold weather that you're now going to be dealing with and, uh, and that your filters are clean and ready to go, and, uh, and you can go from there. So it's simple stuff. It's mostly intuitive. 
However, a lot of people, like myself included, get a nasty habit of procrastinating. We start thinking about Christmas and all the other things we're doing or the holidays in general, and, uh, and we don't pay attention to our boat. And next thing you know, it's uh, springtime and we want to go boating and our boat's not ready to go. We call the boat dealership. Now they're booked and it's just not a happy way to go about it. So I don't recommend doing that. So on that note, guys, it is almost Christmas time. There's not even two weeks yet. Until we're right at two weeks till Christmas at this point. Um, I'm going to recommend that you get outdoor gear for the people on your list. Everybody likes to get that, uh, support the industry. A couple of things I'll throw out as a gift just to roll this out that can be boat-related um, gifts. One of the things that you can buy for people that I think no one likes to buy uh, can be if you've got a, a you know, a boat that needs to have a park pass or some sort is park passes or aquatic nuisance species stickers for boats. They're 25, 30 bucks, depending on where you live, what, what state and all that. Buying those for, for your boat in the winter or getting them for somebody else's boat, fantastic gift, uh, something that somebody does not want to have to buy. I guarantee you, I don't want to have to buy it for my boat. So if somebody were to give me one and a card for Christmas, I'd be happy to have it. So visit the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse, get some outdoor gear for everybody on your list. I would appreciate that. And um, I also want to say thank you as the year's winding down. Our podcast is now going on year two. Uh, some of them are hardcore. Some of them are a little more lighthearted. Uh, if you've got a podcast idea, I'd love to hear about it. Chad at fishfulthinker.com. Uh, for the coming year, 2024, we're going to have more guests on the podcast. We started off doing that in the beginning, and then we didn't do that and a whole lot through the middle of the part of the year because everybody got busy. But I think for the coming year, we'll probably have more guests on the podcast. You don't just have to listen to me blab all the time. But I do appreciate that you do listen along the way. So... One more podcast before Christmas, and we're going to take a week off after that, and then uh, and we'll go from there. So if you guys want to join the conversation on our social media, please do that at Fishful Thinker on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Please check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. That's at Fishful Thinker as well. And we're getting ready to launch new seasons on Altitude Sports Channel and World Fishing Network. So on television, wherever you watch them, you can check them out from there. So... Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy holidays. And this has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. <laughs>